Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. As always, I am Bryson Carver. It is great to have you in on this Monday evening. We have got a packed show for you guys tonight. For the streaming audience, the non-podcast listening audience, you can see that I am wearing the jersey representing the greatest player in the history of the National Football League, the greatest athlete in the history of team sports, and the greatest comeback artist in the history of professional sports. And that is Mr. Tom Brady. I will discuss him and the Bucks' seemingly improbable win over the Los Angeles Rams yesterday, as well as one of Tom Brady's contemporaries, Aaron Rodgers, now losing his fifth consecutive games this time at the hands of the Detroit Lions. Green Bay is in some even bigger trouble than we thought, not just because of how the game went, but because of what happened within the game. I'll talk about that. The Chiefs' big win over Tennessee, what it said about Kansas City, some real concerns I have about them moving forward. Uh, At the end of the show, I'll predict Ravens-Saints, a big Monday night game tonight to close out uh, the first half of the NFL regular season. This is crazy. It's going to close out week nine, which is an 18-week season now for the second straight year in the NFL with the 17-game slate. It's it's crazy how fast it's flown by. Also, I will give you, because the college football playoff committee is going to bring out their their rankings for the second consecutive week i will give you for the second consecutive week my top six which will obviously not feature my volunteers at the number one spot after what happened in athens georgia on saturday i don't want to talk too much about that what i do want to talk about though is the houston astros won the world series and before i get into any of the sort of my takeaways from the six game series against the philadelphia phillies Hear the call, see the call from the great Joe Davis of Fox Sports of the last out when Houston finally did it. There goes the runner, fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker, this time they finish the job. The Houston Astros, world champions. So first of all, the Astros did something that hasn't been done since my Red Sox did it in 2013, and I can't believe it's been this long, but that's win the World Series in their home ballpark, which is always cool. I always love when teams clinch at home. I think it's awesome to celebrate you know, in front of your home fans. But 
people aren't going to like when I say this. Frankly, I could care less. Over the course of the last, I don't know, couple of years, really during this postseason in particular, I found this Houston Astros team incredibly likable. Oh, but they cheated in 2017. Yes, they did cheat in 2017. There's no excuse for what they did. I have been at the front of that argument saying that that is an illegitimate championship. You know me. I do not put asterisks next to championships. I don't do that. I do not. I believe that every champion has gotten lucky in some way, shape, or form. Therefore, if you, if you put asterisks on some championships, you're going to have to put them in all championships. It just is what it is. That championships, the championship deserves a big, fat asterisk. Absolutely. But is it crazy for me to say, certainly not to condone the crime, even to, you know, talk about how severe the crime was. It was severe. They were banging trash cans at home at Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, knowing what pitches were going to be thrown to them. But dare I question the outcome of the crime? Was it as bad as we all assume? Are we sure Houston wouldn't have won in 2017 without that? Because here's what I know. The following season, they got back to the ALCS. Year after that, they got to the World Series and lost in seven games. Year after that, they got to the ALCS and lost in seven games. Year after that, they got to the World Series. This year, they won the World Series. This is not a dynasty. I know people are trying to dub it a dynasty. Dynasty, you got to have, to me, at least three championships. Okay? Speaking as a fan that is a, a, a fan of a team that is absolutely a dynasty, that is the Golden State Warriors, to me, you got to get three. You got to get three for it to be a dynasty. Houston absolutely has a chance to do that, you know, next year with, with, with all the guys they have returning. But if you look at this Astros roster, you look at guys like Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, Yuli Gurriel, who unfortunately got hurt in game five, Justin Verlander, the four Houston Astros who were on that 2017 team. You look at some of the guys who were not on that team. Jordan Alvarez, who of course had that game-changing homer, lead-changing homer in the bottom of the sixth inning, 450 feet into dead center, which was unbelievable. It was, it was, it was probably the, the, the moment of the World Series. How about Jeremy Pena, a kid, wasn't even in the big leagues a year ago, wasn't even in the big leagues a year ago. Today, he's the World Series MVP, was huge all postseason long in the Seattle series, played well in the Yankees series, in the ALCS, and was absolutely outstanding in the World Series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Guys like Framber Valdez, who I've said numerous times on the show, could be an ace on multiple teams. If it weren't for Justin Verlander, you know, arguably the, being the AL Cy Young winner, Framber Valdez would be the, the Astros ace, and there's a good chance that's going to be the case next year because it looks like Verlander may or may not leave in free agency. We'll see how that plays out. All the pieces, Kyle Tucker, who actually was my, uh, 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 he, he was my prediction to win the World Series MVP. He played well in the series. Had the two, excuse me, the two homers in game one. You look at all the Houston Astros from the top to the bottom. Lance McCullers, by the way, did a good job. And Dusty Baker, the guy everybody was pulling for to finally get his World Series ring. Everybody knows the stat. Dusty Baker managed the most games in the history of Major League Baseball. He won the most postseason games in the history of Major League Baseball without winning a ring. Well, now that's put to bed. I don't know who's, who's the new placeholder of that dubious spot. Don't really care. 
25 seasons, over 4,000 games managed. He finally gets his ring. And you could say, listen, man, Dusty was as happy as anybody after that game. Right? He was at the, the podium talking about, you know, it's time to party. And, you know, he's had that big smile on his face. Uh, you know, the, the, the classic Dusty that we all know and love. And, I mean, listen, I, I, I think even if you hate Houston, even if you still have yet to forgive them for 2017, you can't, you can't say you're not thrilled for Dusty Baker. The work that he's put in, obviously, he did win a, a, a ring as a, as a player back in the day. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, with the Los Angeles Dodgers, although I could be wrong on that. Guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame one day as a manager. And he's finally got his ring. I, I could not be happier for Dusty Baker. Could not be happier for the guy. But, and you know you know who else I'm happy for? And, and we don't mention this enough. I think John Smoltz, the great John Smoltz, did a great job on Fox talking about this the other day during Game 6. I'm happy for the Houston Astros fans. Because how would it feel... Only Astros fans could tell you. How would it feel to be a fan of a team and you win a championship and the jubilation and the excitement that comes with that to then a year and a half later found, find out, oh, dang, that's, that, that's, dang, that's how we want it? Ugh, God, this feels dirty. It feels, feels wrong. You understand that feeling. And so now for them to Get this championship. No asterisks. No, no, no questions about the legitimacy of the 2022 World Series title. None of that. And they get to celebrate. Mattress Mac, by the way, props to him. $75 million. Congratulations. Enjoy that $75 million. That must be a good feeling for him. Betting on the Astros before the season even started to win the World Series. But I'm sorry. Throughout the course of the postseason, I know people pulling for the Phillies, and it's the Philadelphia underdog story. The notion they continuously put out there for reasons I'm not quite sure. But that aside, people are telling me, I'm pulling for the Phillies. They were the last team in the playoffs in the National League, and they're this big underdog in the World Series, and all this and that, and they're fans. It's impossible to win at Citizens Bank Park. Yeah, Astros actually did it twice in games four and five. Actually, no hit the Phillies in game four. Uh, which is the first time in World Series history that's happened. At least a combined no-hitter. I never got it. I never got it. So I, I'm thrilled for Houston. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. 2022 World Series champions. Certainly have a great chance to repeat next year. Again, we'll have to see what happens with Justin Berlander. I don't know if they have any other big-name free agents that are possibly, you know, going to be out there in the market for other, other teams to sign. We'll see, you know. For all we know, Justin Verlander could leave and they'll bring in Shohei Otani. Who knows? Listen, it's the Houston Astros. they got a great front office. Obviously, we know what Dusty Baker represents as, as arguably the best manager in this league. And what I love, too, about Dusty Baker winning this is it's sort of yet another. It's kind of like when Brian Snicker won it last year with the Braves. You're seeing, and I was talking to my friend Barry Grant Jr. You guys know him from the All Even podcast. My grid teammate. And we were talking about this Saturday night before the ninth inning. And he made a good point that I totally agree with. You're starting to see an influx of these older managers that aren't married to analytics. You guys know. I think you should use analytics. Absolutely. I think you'd be doing yourself and your ball club a disservice if you don't use analytics. But to let numbers, to let mathematicians make every single decision for you? 
when maybe you and your gut know, uh, I kind of feel like we should do this, but ah, I'm going to rely on the analytics. Dusty Baker could give to you know what's about analytics. Same could be said for guys like Buck Showalter or Brian Snicker. Could care less about analytics. So that, that made it all the more sweet, I think. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. Congratulations to the baseball team, to Dusty Baker, to the front office, great ownership group, and to the fans as well, to the great city of Houston. Well, well deserved, without a question. I wish I could respond to comments if there are any comments right now. Again, today's show, Monday shows usually aren't live. Uh, so as I always say for non-live shows, if there's anything major that has happened in the world of sports in between the time that I've recorded this and the time that you're watching it, I'm aware of it, just not the time that you're watching me. But in a few weeks, three, four weeks, Monday shows, Monday live shows, I should say, we'll be back. We'll be ready to go. We'll, we'll, I'll be able to, to respond to your comments. I love doing that. Love interacting with, with, with you, the listeners and the viewers, uh, once, once the first semester of college ends. I'm sure you all know how that goes. But congrats to Houston. Moving on to football now. I, I don't think we've ever had a crazy weekend in the NFL and then I don't leave with football. Like that, that tells you, you know, how 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 much I thought of, of the Astros winning the World Series. And again, just just the fact that they denied Philadelphia a championship. It's, it's it's music, it's music to my ears. It truly, truly is. It's music to my ears. And it's something else too. Last thing before we get to football. I, I think that I'm I thought about this before I, I got on the show. I almost wonder if I've got like a curse going against me when it comes to World Series picks, and I'll explain why. I've been picking the World Series since 2015. And Every odd year, I get it wrong. I picked the Mets to beat the Royals. I picked the Dodgers to beat the Astros. I picked the Astros to beat the Nationals. I picked the Astros to beat the Braves. In even number years, I'm undefeated. I picked the Cubs to beat the, at the time, Cleveland Indians. I picked the Red Sox to beat the Dodgers. I picked the Dodgers to beat the Rays. I picked the Astros to beat the Phillies. I don't know what it is. So you, you might just go and book it, write it down, you know, for a year from now, next October, when the fall classic comes around, and it's probably going to be Houston and somebody else. I'm going to pick Houston, and it's going to be, I'm, I'm going to end up, you know, cursing them and, and denying them back-to-back championships. But listen, it's just, it's how it goes sometimes. It's how it goes. Although my postseason predictions this year were leaps. They weren't great, but they were leaps and bounds better than, than a year ago. Gosh. When I infamously, after the wild card round, predicted a grand total of one series, correct. That was the Dodgers-Giants division series. That was it. Every other series I predicted incorrectly, including picking against my Red Sox against the Rays, which I'm very ashamed to say that I did. But I did. Great baseball postseason. Great baseball season, by the way. And so we'll see how free agency turns out. That's that's where all the attention will be turned to. Awards, who wins the MVP, Cy Young, Manager of the Year, all that. Looking forward to, to all the above. To football now. It is appropriate that I'm donning the jersey, the Tampa Bay jersey, to be specific for the podcast listeners. The greatest football player who ever walked this earth. And that is, as one famous commentator dubs it, Thomas. Edward, Patrick, Brady, Jr. I said last week, about a week and a half ago, actually, after Tampa Bay lost to the Baltimore Ravens, 27-22. Tom Brady did not play well in that game. His defense, penalties were an issue. Offensive line could not protect. Defense didn't give him a whole lot of help. 
But as I said in that show, the blame's got to fall at Tom's feet at least a little bit. And I said that we are officially seeing the decline of Brady. We have seen the best of him in this league, which <laughs> at 45 years old, that, that should have been obvious like 10 years ago, but it hasn't. He was amazing last year. I thought he should have won the MVP. We're not going to see that Tom again. But I did not say he was washed. I didn't say he was Russell Wilson. I didn't say he was done. And last night was a reminder why. You can dismiss Tampa Bay 16 points. I got no issue with that. You can dismiss the fact that if the Rams had picked up a first down that second's last drive, Tom Brady wouldn't even have had a chance to win the game with the ball in his hands. You can dismiss the fact that Tampa Bay, all afternoon, struggled to move the ball whatsoever against the Rams defense that I thought played pretty darn well yesterday. What you cannot dismiss is the clutch gene of one Tom Brady. Gets the ball after the, the Rams punted with 44 seconds left. Had to go 60 yards with no timeouts. Right down the field in six plays. And through the game when he touched down to, uh, uh, to, 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 to Cade uh, Oten. That's what Tom Brady does, folks. That's what he does. Listen. I picked Tampa to win this game. As a matter of fact, it was my, if I were a Batman game, it was a three-point spread. They I literally barely covered it, right? One by three. They were favored by three, one by three. So thank you, Tom Brady. Thank you, Buccaneers. Thank you, Todd Bowles and that defense. But I listen, while I do think the Rams gave Tampa Bay numerous chances to win and the Buccaneers finally got them in the end, and the Rams do deserve a lot of blame, Matt Stafford played awful again. Okay, I didn't think Sean McVay coached a very good game. L.A. looks a little, again, outside the big play to Cooper Cup. They weren't able to move the ball themselves. It was kind of a defensive struggle, as, as my man Patrick Brown, the host of the Chaotic Sports Podcast, did an IG Live with him last night that you guys can go check out on, on Instagram. But he was talking about how uh, it, it, was a, it was a battle of the punters. And it kind of was. It kind of was. But being great... Being an all-timer is about overcoming. It's about when crap doesn't go your way, how do you respond? Tom Brady on second down and goal on the previous drive threw a perfect pass. Could not have, literally could not have thrown the ball any better to Scotty Miller in the end zone. And he dropped it. Just flat out, that wasn't forced out, wasn't off throw, perfect throw. Scotty Miller just flat out dropped the ball. There's just there's no, it, no other way to put it. Tampa Bay did not score on that drive. Now, there's other quarterbacks, like the one who currently resides in Green Bay, Wisconsin, who would have pouted and sulked and ghosted his teammates. There's other guys who, like another one who currently resides in Denver, Colorado, who has gotten so insufferable that his receivers would have pouted and given up on him. As bad as Tampa Bay has been offensively through the first half of the season, and they have been simply atrocious, folks. Not Denver bad, not Green Bay bad, but they've been pretty bad. There's still that belief. Mike Evans talked about it last week after Tampa lost to the Ravens. This is after Tampa just lost their third straight game. 
He said, we still believe in that guy because we know what he's capable of doing. At this advanced age stage of his career, and I've been critical of Tom Brady in, in terms of leadership this year. Maybe some of it has to do with the off-the-field stuff. I don't know. I, I don't know. But what I do know is over the, the sort of mini-buy that Tampa Bay had, because the last game they played was a couple Thursdays ago, so they had time to prepare for this game, time to get ready to go, time to get healthy. Tom seemed to re regalvanize that locker room once again. And I don't see any reason whatsoever. In that division, worst division of football as far as I'm concerned, Tampa Bay leads it with a losing record. I'm not even discounting the fact that they could easily get in the playoffs with a losing record, winning that NFC South over teams like the Atlanta Falcons or the New Orleans Saints. But what I do know is, we've seen this defense of the postseason. They've been pretty good. Todd Bowles is a really good defensive coach. I've seen Tom Brady in the playoffs. It's like I was talking to, to Patrick yesterday. Listen, Philadelphia is clearly better than Tampa. So is Minnesota. So is San Francisco. So is Dallas. Heck, I'm not so sure Tampa Bay's not better than the Giants right now. I'm not so sure they're better than Seattle. The way they're playing, they're 6-3. and three. Tampa Bay gets in, they'll be the four seed as the division champion. I don't want to play them. I'd much rather be the second wildcard team. If it means going to Seattle in that atmosphere, then I'm going to Seattle in that atmosphere. I'll take my chances. I don't want to go to Tom Brady's house. The NFC has a lot of questions among the contenders. Philadelphia is undefeated. They look outstanding. Last time we saw them in the postseason, they actually played Tampa Bay. They lost by 31. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You say that's last year. Okay, well this year? Philadelphia has yet to play from behind. They have yet to play an elite quarterback. And they can't stop the run. San Francisco. If there's the perfect roster in the NFL, the Niners have it. They got everything. But they got a big, fat question mark at the most important position. As you guys know, I don't trust him. I think half of Niners nation doesn't trust him. Minnesota 7-1. and one. Look great. I told you Minnesota would be good this season. Win the NFC North going away, which they are. But we've seen Kirk Cousins in these primetime games, these big games. You don't look so good. We've seen the Dallas Cowboys in big games. The great Stephen A. Smith, the famous saying, what can go wrong will go wrong. They are an accident waiting to happen. Your history Tells me a lot. We know what Mike McCarthy is in terms of the penalties. We know the fact that Dallas is extremely limited at wide receiver. We'll see if they get Odell Beckham Jr. Not getting my hopes up. I don't trust Dallas in terms of game planning and in terms of who they got the skill position pieces. Seattle's really good, but 
We think Geno Smith's going to beat Tom Brady in a playoff game. Great as Geno's been, I don't. And we certainly don't trust Daniel Jones to beat Tom Brady in a playoff game. I am not making the case that Tampa Bay is a favorite to get out of the NFC. They're probably the fifth or sixth best team in that conference. But I don't want to draw them in the playoffs. I don't want to face that guy in the playoffs. Because if that's what Tampa Bay's defense gives you, Tampa Bay can go to the Super Bowl. You just need a little bit from your offense. And we know. Some of these game-winning drives, some of these last-second wins can really propel you. They can sink you as well because you get too high on yourself because, hey, you know, we just want a close game. Well, you maybe didn't play that well to win the game. Tampa Bay didn't. But knowing the guy that leads them, I don't want to be the fifth seed in the NFC playoffs. I don't. I don't want to draw Tampa in the playoffs should Tampa Bay advance. If they go to Philadelphia, I'm not so sure I wouldn't pick Tampa Bay. I'll leave it at that. But we did have another game last night. <laughs> really fascinating matchup. Um, definitely the type of game that I did not see coming. I thought it'd be a blowout. Wasn't even close. As a matter of fact, it went to overtime. Tennessee Titans, Kansas City Chiefs. This was a hard one to figure out. Tennessee starting a quarterback in Malik Willis. You guys know I really liked coming out of the draft. Didn't love him, but I liked him. Who Tennessee apparently doesn't want him to throw. I don't know. You have Derrick Henry, who is, once again, back to what he is, a top 10 player in the NFL, arguably still the best running back in the NFL. He is still King Henry, after all. You have a defense in Tennessee that has played sneaky good, in this five-game winning streak that, of course, ended last night. You have Mike Vrabel, who's one of the best coaches in the NFL and has proven as such since he got that job in 2018. And then you have Kansas City. And I have to admit to you, folks, I'm concerned about the Chiefs. Not like can't make the Super Bowl concern. Because if you have Patrick Mahomes and you have Andy Reid, you, you can go as far as you want. Here's what I worry about with Kansas City. They can win these lower scoring, kind of muck it up physical games against teams like Tennessee. Tennessee's kind of in that tier two of AFC teams, right? They're in there with Cincinnati, Baltimore. Right? They're in there with those teams. The Jets, I would, hey, today, I'm not so sure the Jets aren't a tier two team. They're six and three. Defense looked great. But I don't know if Kansas City can beat Buffalo this way. Folks, Patrick Mahomes threw 68 passes last night. They threw for 446 at a QBR 71 pass ring of 80. Played pretty well. But, and this has always been the, the one, or sorry, I've always had two criticisms of Andy Reid. And I love Andy Reid. I think he's the best coach in the NFL. I think he has been for Longer than people give him credit for. There's two issues with Kansas City. They're too penalized. And they can't develop a run game under Andy Reid. They can't. The only, the only run game that Andy Reid has ever really had, he had Brian Westbrook, obviously, in Philadelphia, and then he had, obviously, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, but those are, and Shady McCoy, in his case, is possibly a Hall of Fame back. 
Okay, Kansas City doesn't have those, but here's what I know. I look at the San Francisco 49ers pre-Christian McCaffrey. They were throwing in dudes I ain't never heard of. C.J. Mostert was running for 150 yards in the NFC Championship game. Jeff Wilson, who, by the way, looks pretty good in Miami, said that was an underrated pickup. They were just pulling dudes off the street and running it down teams' throats because the run scheme is so creative on the part of Kyle Shanahan. I've seen running backs succeed in places like Philadelphia. doesn't have to be just Miles Sanders. They've brought in plenty of guys that have been able to be successful uh, in the run game. And by the way, Kansas City, I mentioned discipline. Kansas City had 10 penalties last night, which killed any momentum that they had of really pulling away at any points in that game. You want to know how many rush yards Kansas City's running backs had if you didn't watch the game? Kansas City's running backs. Not talking about total rush yards. Take Patrick Mahomes out. Kansas City's running backs. They had 14 yards rushing. On average of 1.1 yards per carry. You can't win that way. You barely beat Tennessee. and Not to take shots at Tennessee. They're in all likelihood going to win the AFC South. And that's a good defense. But, and I know people get tired of me talking about the running game. I get it, I get it, I get it. It's not flashy. It's not necessarily at all times pretty to watch. But I talked about last week when I was talking about the Bengals. Jeez, they don't commit to the run. Well, they did yesterday. And Joe Mixon had four rushing touchdowns. Looked pretty good. If you had him on fantasy football, congratulations. You, had your, you probably won, won your fantasy game this week if you had Joe Mixon. I'm not saying you got to be led by the run. As a matter of fact, I think you have to have an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl. You have to. Or at least a quarterback who plays elite, like Matthew Stafford did last year, or like Nick Foles did for the Eagles in 2017. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you don't have an elite quarterback, he's got to play elite. Tennessee doesn't have that. Obviously. Kansas City does. But you got to help him out at least a little bit. Whether Kansas City needs to draft a running back in the draft next year, whether they need to go make a deal for one in free agency or possibly make a trade for one, I don't know. But this should be concerning for Chiefs fans moving forward. Not just the inability to run the football, but the just the fact that they're not committing to the run. Look, Tampa Bay, what makes Tampa Bay so, so much of an issue in the run game they commit to it. They run the ball. They just can't go anywhere. That, that's their issue. I can't get enough of a push on that offensive line. Kansas City's got a good enough offensive line to do it. Help your quarterback at least a little bit. Don't, don't make And the Bills, I think, also are struggling with this. It's part of the reason I think Josh Allen played so poorly yesterday with those two interceptions against the Jets. You got to give your quarterback at least a little assistance. Not to take the blame off the quarterback. 
Because Mahomes played pretty well yesterday. Josh Allen did not. But give him a little support. Folks, Malik Willis was awful last night. He was 5 for 16 for 80 yards. He had a QBR of 10 and a passer rating of 49. That game went to overtime. Some of it was the crucial Mahomes interception. Some of it was the fact that Malik Willis is arguably the best running back in football and Derrick Henry, who went for a buck 15. And who had that big, long touchdown run early. Commit to it at least a little bit. That, that, is, that is my issue with some of these teams, and I love Andy Reid. Not only do I think he's the best coach in the NFL, he's probably my favorite coach in the NFL. But it, 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 makes, it makes no sense to me whatsoever that teams completely abandon it. And you had Kansas City, who had a big-time scare, if it's not for that incredible drive toward the end of the fourth quarter where Mahomes ran in the touchdown, they got the two-point conversion. Man, we're sitting here, we're like, what the heck's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? That's what I'm saying. So, listen, no win is a bad win. There's no such thing as a bad win. There's embarrassing wins. There's been teams this year I've talked about, like, man, you got to be kidding me. That came down to, to that, or it came, you needed this to go right. There's embarrassing wins. There's never such thing, no such thing as a bad win. But it's not an embarrassing win for Kansas City, but it's a win that exposed some concerning flaws about the Chiefs. There's no perfect team in the NFL. But there are some things in the NFL that are kind of known rules. Even if you do have an elite quarterback, which obviously Kansas City does. Kansas City may have the best quarterback. You've got to assist him in some way in the run game. 14 yards from your running backs, one yard a carry, you've got to fix it. Heck, look at the Chicago Bears. Now, Justin Fields was excellent yesterday. I'll go as far as to say great yesterday. He's aided by the run game. Now Tua is aided by the run game. So if you have a, a, a top 10 guy, especially if you have a top five guy like Buffalo has, like Kansas City has, like Cincinnati has, help them out a bit. Cincinnati did to their credit yesterday, albeit against the Carolina Panthers, but still, in any way you can make a quarterback's job easier, that's probably the route I'd, I'd go. That's just me. But hey, a win is a win. And now, obviously, Buffalo still still uh, shares the tiebreaker with Kansas City for that uh, that coveted one seed in the AFC, as it stands right now. You know, we'll see if if the Chiefs can, you know, can jump them. Who does Buffalo have next week? Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. Minnesota and Buffalo, and Vegas has already put out their line. They got Bills minus seven and a half. That is a fascinating matchup, especially for a 1 o'clock kickoff. I promise you, if it wasn't Cowboys, Packers, two massive brands in the NFL, in the whole Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy dynamic, I promise you Fox would flex this game to, to the 425 Eastern kickoff. I promise you they would. Wow, that's an interesting matchup. And Kansas City next week has Jacksonville. Okay, so Kansas City should be favored. They don't have the line for that game yet. Kansas City, not should be, will be favored, um, and, and they should win that football game. And listen, if Minnesota can upset Buffalo, I would probably pick the Bills today. But I'm just saying, it, it's it's something to to keep your eye on. It's something to keep your eye on. Um, another team I want to talk about, 
is the Green Bay Packers. Man, listen, I made a lot of predictions before the season that looked really stupid. Or look really stupid today. My Super Bowl, folks, was the... Makes, makes me sick saying it. The Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Rams. That was my Super Bowl prediction. Today, they have a combined record of 6-10. and 10. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Denver's not making the playoffs. The Rams, in all likelihood, are not going to make the playoffs. My bad. The, miss, miss that wide to the right. But I hit this one right down Broadway. Talking about the Green Bay Packers. I won Packer fans coming this season. Everybody somehow, well, Minnesota may be better, but we got Aaron Rodgers. We've won 13 games the last few seasons when everybody had a lot of questions about us going into each and every one of those years. All right, fine. They lost the first game of the season to Minnesota. Ah, oh, we lost by 35 points to the Saints last year, and look what we got. We got to 13 and four. Aaron Rodgers won MVP. Oh, okay. Beat the New England Patriots to get to a 3-1 and one record. As a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers himself said after that game, this way of winning is not sustainable. Packers fans are like, oh, it's 3-1. and one. It's, We won a lot of close games last year. I said, okay. Yeah, they haven't, won, they haven't won since. They've lost five straight games. Five straight games, not two exactly Super Bowl contenders. A loss to the Giants in London. A bad loss. Not bad in terms of a team they lost to, because the Jets have proven to be pretty good. But a bad in terms of deficit. In terms of losing at home. Packers lost by 17 points to the New York Jets at home. They lost to Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders. They lost to the Buffalo Bills. That's their only Super Bowl contender. The defense gave up 15 points against one of the better offenses in the NFL, that being the Detroit Lions. The Packers offense gave you nine. So, forgive me when I say, or at least brag, that I was right spanking on the money about the Green Bay Packers this season. Why is that? I liked their defense, who again, played very well yesterday. Gave up two touchdown drives. That was it. That offense is, is broken. The quarterback is clearly not committed. Clearly not committed. He is, once again, completely, totally unwilling to take any accountability, any blame whatsoever for what's going on. Okay, you saw that interception. All three of the interceptions he threw, all three of them, <clears throat> he's yelling at wide receivers. He's blaming it on Sammy Watkins or blaming it on the offensive line or blaming somebody, blaming the coaches, blaming anybody except for the guy in the mirror. Matt LaFleur, once again, completely, utterly clueless as a head coach. I told you guys about Matt LaFleur when he was hired in 28, no, sorry, 2019. Three straight 13 win seasons later. 
all Packers fans. I'm like, oh, he's yes, he is in that conversation with McVeigh and with Shanahan and with Andy Reid. Hey, he is on pace to be the next John Madden in terms of winning percentage. Like, oh, he's he's gonna get exposed. Have you ever watched a Packer game? Be like, you know what? I'll tell you, Matt Lafleur helped him win that game. Matt Lafleur out schemed ex coach whoever whoever it was. He, he was all over the place. Not to say Matt LaFleur hadn't had good games in terms of game plan. He's not completely inept. But when people, I don't know if it's just because he's young and white. I don't know. But when people kept trying to lump him in this category with the elite coach of the NFL, I laughed. Because again, and, and I know people get tired of me talking about it because I j- literally just talked about it in the last segment. Literally just talked about it. <laughs> the Packers refuse. Refuse. To commit to the run. Aaron Rodgers was their leading rusher yesterday. Not exactly Lamar Jackson. Now, Aaron Jones got hurt in the game. The Packers, by the way, had a crazy amount of injuries yesterday. Rashawn Gary, who, as I'm recording this, Adam Schefter just tweeted that Rashawn Gary tore his ACL and is out for the season. So that's a huge loss for the Packers defense. A loss for the big-time pass rusher. Bakhtiari went down. Um, Romeo Dobbs went down. Christian Watson went down. Aaron Jones went down. I mean, it was it, 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 they were dropping like like flies in this game in the Motor City yesterday. But at some point, Packers fans, NFL media, could you put just an ounce of the blame on Aaron Rodgers? Everybody, everybody was talking about the trade deadline. Oh, why did the Packers make the deal? Why the, well, you know, Brian Gutekunst, need to fire him. He's the general manager of the Packers. Need to fire him. Right? He didn't do his due diligence. Or two things can be true. Aaron Rodgers, Rodgers drove Devontae Adams out of there. Asked Devontae Adams. And the Packers tried to make a deal. Reportedly, they were offered a first-round pick for DJ Moore. The Panthers said no. They offered a second-round pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Chase Claypool. The Bears said no. So this is the Packers' front office's fault, like Aaron Rodgers and a lot of Packers fans will let you to lead you to believe. It's on the quarterback, and it's on the coach. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. Defense gave up 15 points yesterday. You're playing <laughs> the last-ranked defense in the NFL. And you couldn't get to double digits. Think about that. Aaron Rodgers couldn't get to double digits against the worst defense in the NFL. I don't want to hear about the receivers after you, Packer Nation, talked, lectured me all offseason. Oh, these, these guys, you watch. Aaron's going to make him work. And now that he's not making him work, oh, it's their fault. Down Lazard's fault and Romeo Dobbs' fault and Watson's fault. I feel like Watson's still getting criticized for that drop in week one. I am not here to say that these guys are going to exactly be pro bowlers. As a matter of fact, they're not. But I warned you about that coming into the season. So now, I don't want to hear it. This team is going to miss the playoffs, as I said they would before the year started. Aaron Rodgers would have a down year compared to his last two MVP years, and Matt LaFleur would be exposed to coach. All three of those have proven to be right on the money. 
And now, you look at Green Bay's schedule moving forward. They got Dallas next week. And who'd have thought? Green Bay, at home. Aaron Rodgers supposedly owns the Dallas Cowboys, right? Dallas is a five-point favorite on the road at Lambeau. And I checked the weather. I've checked the forecast for Green Bay. It's going to be cold. The high is 39 degrees. It's, it's, it's going to be cold in Green Bay, Wisconsin next Sunday afternoon. Dallas is a five-point favorite. Then they got a short week home game against the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee just about beat Kansas City when Kansas City refused to run the football. Green Bay does the same. Green Bay doesn't exactly have Patrick Mahomes. Then they got the Philadelphia Eagles. That is, what is Philadelphia going to do to Green Bay? I, I have no idea what, I have no idea what's going to happen. They got at Chicago. All the reason I'm picking the Packers is because Aaron Rodgers, as he told y'all last year, owns the Bears. And he does. They got the Rams at home. Coin flip. Who knows? They got at Miami. They're not beating Miami on Christmas. With that explosive offense, adding Bradley Chubb defensively, Miami's winning that football game. They got Minnesota at home on New Year's Day. I'm taking Minnesota. It's not a primetime game, so I'm taking Minnesota. And then they got the lowly Detroit Lions at home. Nine and eight. At this point, Packers fans would absolutely take that. Because in order for that to happen, they would have to literally flip their record, essentially. Right? They'd have to go six and two. You see six, you see six wins? I, I don't see more than two or three. Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia. I mean, that, that's three straight losses right there. They may beat Tennessee, but that's without question. They are not beating Dallas, and they are not beating Philadelphia. I don't feel like they're going to beat the Dolphins. Darn sure don't feel like they're going to beat the Vikings. So, not to say I told you so, Packers fans, but I told you so. Even Lil Wayne, who's a diehard, lifelong Packers fan, even Lil Wayne tweeted last night, talking about, uh, hold on, let me see if I can pull up the tweet from, from Wheezy, because, again, he is a huge Packers fan, huge Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, let's see, Lil Wayne, there he is, there's Wheezy. He tweeted, <laughs> quote, rest in peace to the season. We should have gotten rid of 12 before the season. So even he's saying, yeah, I'm out on Aaron. And maybe Packers fans are coming around about this. Get ready for a long second half, Packers fans. I try to tell you in advance. But we did have some interesting games around the NFL. Go around them real quick. Okay, Chargers beat the Falcons on a walk-off field goal. That was a wild ending because you had the Chargers go down the field, fumble. Uh, Atlanta picked it up, and then the Chargers forced another fumble in order to miraculously get the ball back, and Justin Herbert drove him down to get into field goal range to win it. Um, and Justin Herbert played pretty well yesterday. 245, touchdown, a pick. QBR 74, pass ring of 82. Uh, Marcus Mariota was – I mean, he was Marcus Mariota. He, he wasn't terrible. Um, completion percentage is, was not impressive whatsoever. But, and Atlanta got Cordell Patterson back as well, but I feel like the Chargers win the, would win this game just for the simple fact that they obviously have the quarterback advantage. They have the, the, the I wouldn't say advantage of the skill position players, but certainly the more proven skill position players than Atlanta, and they certainly, without a question, have a better defense. Uh, so that's why I took the Chargers to win. They did. Dolphins beat the Bears in what was a kind of a shootout. A weird shootout because Miami did it through the air. Chicago did it on the ground. But both young quarterbacks were tremendous in this game. Outstanding. 
Tua threw for three touchdowns and 300 yards, by the way. QBR of 81, a pass rating of 135. Okay, and Justin Fields threw for 123, ran for 178. This is a quarterback we're talking about. Ran for 178 yards, QBR of 95, and a passer rating of 106. So both quarterbacks were excellent in this game. Chicago probably got screwed on that last second. Uh, no call on the pass interference on the deep ball. I think it was to Claypool, um, but it was a shootout. And again, I think you're seeing two franchises that are going kind of in the same direction. Obviously, Miami is further along. But and I was talking about this in the live with Patrick. Miami wasn't sure about their guy two years in. And they said, he's on a rookie contract. We're not paying him anything. We are going to go all in. Surrounding him with the very best skill position players that fit his skill set. Today, Miami is sitting there at six and three. Six, yeah, six and three. A game out of first place in their division. Actually, I'm sorry, a half game out of first game, place in their division. And they hold the tiebreaker as of right now over the Bills. Chicago, it feels like they're doing the same. They've got their quarterback. I don't, I don't want to hear any more Justin Fields haters. They've got their quarterback. With what he's working with, he's been excellent. I'm not so sure they don't have their coach. I like what Matt Eberflus has been doing. Okay? With the skill position players they have, Mooney, Komet, adding Chase Claypool. Now, this offseason, they need to do what Miami did. Make a big trade for a disgruntled receiver, just like the Eagles did, just like the Dolphins did. Go out and get one of these star players. Uh, by the way, like the Raiders did, although it hasn't really panned out for the Raiders whatsoever. Lost again. Draft an offensive lineman, take a receiver, and move on. Continue to develop this young kid because, man, he's good. Cincinnati ran all over the Carolina Panthers. Got so bad, P.J. Walker got benched in favor of Baker Mayfield. Uh, P.J. Walker, by the way, threw for nine yards, had a QBR of two, and a pass rating of zero. He's seen better days. Um, and Baker Mayfield came in, played pretty well, although it was in mop-up duty. The game was over after the first quarter. Joe Mixon, as I previously mentioned earlier, and like I called on Zach Taylor to give the ball to Joe Mixon, 22 carries for a buck 53, four tutties, average seven yards a carry. I'm just saying, give the ball to Joe Mixon more. It usually works out. Uh, Patriots beat the Colts. That was my upset of the week. I wasn't even close to that one. Sam Ellinger was awful. The Patriots defense got a big turnover, uh, dominated. Mac Jones was fine. He didn't, didn't blow anybody away. Never does, but big win for the Patriots keeps them, you know, gets them back to a winning record and, and keeps them in the playoff mix after a, a tough one and three start jets beat the bills. And what was the shock of the day, right? Zach Wilson. If you had told me a quarterback in this game is going to throw two costly interceptions, everybody would have said Zach Wilson. It was actually Josh Allen. That's the irony of it. Uh, but Zach Wilson, had that big last second drive to get them in a field goal range. Uh, uh, Greg, the leg Zerline hit the field goal. Um, Sauce Gardner was unbelievable. Go and give him defense rookie of the year right now. It's over. Case closed. End of discussion. Sauce Gardner's your defensive rookie of the year. They've got their next Revis. Uh, Vikings beat the Commanders, led by some turnovers late. Uh, th this game is most notable for Kirk Cousins' return to Washington. Almost seven years to the day after the infamous, you like that, uh, uh, declaration, if you will. And now, or I should say exclamation, and they got Kirk Cousins on the team bus you know, dripping with the with with the chains of the jewels. Listen, I, I I love this side of Kirk. I love this new Kirk Cousins, on the field and off the field. Big win for the Vikings to go go to seven and one. Jaguars beat the Raiders twenty seven twenty on a big comeback. The Raiders have blown leads this year of twenty to nothing, seventeen to nothing, and seventeen to nothing. 
Josh McDaniels is not your guy. He is, as I said, going into this year, an awful head coach. I hated the hire. They should have stuck with Rich Basaccia. Said that back in January. Bad hire. Josh McDaniels is not a good head coach. I'm not even sure he's a great offensive coordinator. He had Tom Brady for crying, for crying out loud. I mean, it's a, come on. Come on. Move on from Josh McDaniels. And Derek Carr wasn't amazing either. Trevor Lawrence was, though. Big win for the Jaguars. Seahawks beat the Cardinals 31-21. to That was my Bryson's bleak bet pick. Geno Smith once again lighting the world on fire. Kenneth Walker, arguably the front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, the, the, this, this incredible story that Seattle Seahawks just continues. And it's, it's awesome to see. I love it. Um, but I want to move on real quick. Just to have a, a few minutes left uh, to talk about the college football playoff, which, of course, the new poll is going to come out tomorrow uh, at, I guess, 7 Eastern, kind of like they did uh, the other night uh, last week. The first playoff committee. AP polls are relevant now. It's all about the playoff poll. So, obviously, my Vols were number one last week. I was very proud of that. Made me happy until I saw that game in Athens, Georgia, which I don't want to talk about. You can hit me at my DMs, text me, email me, whatever you want to do. Hit me up on social media. Maybe then I'll fill it, talk about it. But enough of the chit-chat. I'll, I'll just go and put up this. To me, this is the top six, and I'll read it off for the podcast audience. This is my top six. From one to six, Georgia is the clear and obvious number one. They just hammered the number one team in the country, Tennessee. It's hard to, it's hard to keep Georgia out, especially also after what they did in the first game of the year, beating Oregon by 46 points. Georgia's my number one. I've got Ohio State number two. I know people are were telling me, hey, they play one and seven Northwestern. They look bad. Yeah, the, the winds were 40 miles an hour. It's hard to throw the ball when it's when the ball is just going all over the place. Okay, it's kind of hard to, to do much of anything. So, you know, just give it time. Give it time. Okay, Ohio State's number two. They haven't proven anything to me that, that they should drop. Their rival Michigan, to me, is number three. I thought they were screwed out of being number four last, uh, last week. Uh, again, got off to a rough start. They've had some slow starts this season. It's a little concerning, uh, especially once you start to play teams like Ohio State and, and some good teams later on. But nevertheless, good win for Michigan, dominated the second half. Blake Corum was outstanding, keeping him, his name the Heisman Trophy race. Listen, my fellow Vols fans are going to be very, very mad at me, but this is how I see it. I got TCU number four. If TCU were Oklahoma or Texas, is there any question whatsoever that they'd be the number four team in the country? We talk about Tennessee's got five ranked wins. Well, TCU has four, and they're still undefeated. In terms of resume, no, do, do I think Tennessee's better than TCU? I do. I do. I've got Tennessee right there. First team out at number five, Oregon rounding out at number six. But in terms of resume, in terms of the coaching job, the quarterback play, nine and up, I'm not punishing a team. You're like, well, you punish Clemson. Yeah, you saw why uh, on Saturday night. I never bought into Clemson. They weren't even in my top six. And the playoff committee had the audacity to put them at number four. Why? Because they're Clemson. Because of the brand. I'm sorry. I've got, I've got Tennessee at five now. Do I right, Listen, my ball still very much have a chance. Thank you so much, LSU, and thank you so much, Notre Dame, uh, for keeping them out of the mix. But when it comes to the, 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 the fact that Tennessee could still get in, I think it's absolutely still a real possibility because the fact of the matter is Ohio State or Michigan will lose because they play each other. One of those teams is going to lose. One of those teams is going to miss their conference championship game. And so at that point, it's going to come down to resume. Who has a more impressive resume, Tennessee or Ohio State slash Michigan? Because they play in the same division, so they played mostly the same teams. Now, 
I would say Ohio State simply because they beat Notre Dame. Now, that win doesn't look at quite as impressive as, as we thought it would later in the season because Notre Dame took a little bit of an, uh, an early downward trend, have played better since. Good job to, you know, credit to Marcus Freeman, the job he's done there. But Ohio State's resume is probably more, more uh, impressive. So, honestly, I'm probably hoping for a Buckeyes win at the horseshoe in the game, as it's dubbed. If it's Tennessee-Michigan, Tennessee beat Alabama, and that's not even their most impressive win. LSU just beat Alabama as well, right? Just four weeks ago, Tennessee, this wasn't in Neyland Stadium. This wasn't in Knoxville, folks. <clears throat> this was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Tennessee went into LSU's building. They beat them 40-13. to 13. Michigan doesn't have a, win, have a win as impressive as that. Frankly, neither does Ohio State. Oregon has a chance. I love what Oregon's doing. But to me, what the committee is going to look at, even if Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship game, and folks, the Pac-12 has been really good. Not SEC good, not Big Ten good, but it's been really good. It's been incredibly deep this year, surprisingly deep. They're not going to forgive Oregon for week one. Because a lot of times what they look at as common opponents. Tennessee and Oregon both played Georgia. Tennessee lost by 14. Oregon lost by 46. That will make the decision. I think Tennessee is going to get into the college football playoff. But to me, if I were on the committee, this is my top six. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, Oregon. If Tennessee had lost closer, if they've lost in like a walk-off field goal or something, I'd put Tennessee, heck, I, I, might, I might put Tennessee at three. Not just four, I might put them at three. But they were dominated all over the field for 60 minutes. It's hard to look past that. Oregon, on the other hand, was humiliated for 60 minutes by Georgia. Now that was week one. Last week was week 10. So they may take the recency bias thing into account. Who knows? But that's my top six. Now we do have a football game tonight, last segment. Between the Baltimore Ravens uh, and the uh, New Orleans Saints. And we know that place can be loud. It's going to be crazy because it's New Orleans. It's the Bayou. It's a, it's, it's, it's a great environment. It's one of the best environments to me in, in, in American professional sports. You got the Ravens with a lot of time to game plan. They just added Roquan Smith via trade. Also, they just added Deshaun Jackson. And you can say what you want about Deshaun Jackson. What you cannot say is that man can't still run. He's not as fast as he was in his days in Philly. That man can fly. So you give Lamar Jackson finally a true speed guy with the likes of Deborah du DuVernay. I don't think that Mark Andrew Andrews is going to be able to go. That's a big, big loss for the Ravens. But that likely kid looks pretty good against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night. So who's to say he can't be successful against a very good Saints defense who just shut out the Las Vegas Raiders? I think this is going to be a little bit of a tug-of-war type game. Andy Dalton's been playing well. And Mike, Michael Thomas is out for the year. You have Alvin Kamara, who's finally starting to find his stride a little bit. Chris Olave, you guys know I loved coming out of Ohio State. Uh, he has been outstanding. Excuse me, he's been outstanding. And so you have a Saints team that feels like it's starting to find itself a little bit. Saints win this game. They're tied for first place in their division. So this is a big game for them. Baltimore wins. They retain first place in their division. I think it's a back-and-forth, tug-of-war type game. But it's all said and done. I think it comes down to a game-winning drive on the part of the Saints. And Roquan Smith makes 
the game-ending interception in his first game as a Baltimore Raven. Give me the Ravens to win this game by a final score of 23-20 to over the New Orleans Saints. That's what I got. 23-20, Ravens beat the Saints. They go to 6-3, and and they retain that top spot in their division. They still would be in first place even if they lose because they have the tiebreaker over uh, Cincinnati. Let's see, would they? Yeah, because they'd both be 5-4, and four, but they beat Cincinnati in Week 5, so they'd have the tiebreaker as it stands right now. And those two teams do face off in Week 18 in what could possibly be the very last game of the, of the regular season should the NFL schedule it to that, to that Sunday night game. So we'll see what, what occurs then. A lot of football to play before then, though. Not, let's not get carried away. Let's enjoy the moment. Let's enjoy the, the football games we got because, man, this season has flown by. With that, that is all the time we have for today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by, as always. Be sure to catch Carving It Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. Also, be sure to like, share, comment, and hit that big red subscribe button. Takes about two seconds. Hit that big red subscribe button to Carving It Up. And also, subscribe to the Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, the Grid Network. Uh, on YouTube, where you can find my show. I'm part of the podcast network. Part of uh, You can find my show, Chaotic Sports Podcast with Patrick Brown, who I just had an IG Live yesterday. Big, big shout out to my man. Uh, the All Even Podcast with Barry Grant Jr., Clutch Sports Talk with Ryan Flowers, and the Rocket Field Podcast with my man Alfred Parsar Jr. I know he is thrilled right now after that Jets win. He was actually in attendance yesterday, so and, and he actually got to meet the commissioner, which is which is pretty cool. But he was uh he he, he was very excited and, and rightfully so. Huge win for the Jets yesterday over the Bills. So check out all those podcasts. Check out my podcast on the Grid Network. And that is actually where you can listen to Carving It Up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, all over the place. Anywhere we get your podcast, subscribe to The Grid Network. You can find my show as well as all the other creators on The Grid. So, until Thursday, have a great week, everybody. Continue to stay safe out there. Stay safe, man, from COVID, from the flu. I just got my booster last week. Going to get my flu shot soon, man. Like, t- keep, your, keep yourself safe from COVID, the flu. His sickness is going around like crazy right now, so be sure to be diligent. Stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. Tommy Boy still that guy, folks. You already know it. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.